0: Welcome to another episode of In the Box Conversation with Elliot Anderson and myself, um, Officer Skinner. Elliot, you introduce our new and our our, our guest that we're having today in the box.
1: Well, now today's a different aspect of recruiting, but a okay. vital part of our department. So today we're talking to our Office of Professional Standards. We have Captain Randy Horwitz, yes, who is our inspector of that office, and we also have Laura Brown, our accreditation manager of that office, and then like for you all to introduce yourselves. How Brandon, well you
0: you got you to smile, even though we don't have a video. We can smile. <laughs> Everything's wonderful.
1: Honestly. Can you tell Good. us how long you've been here and what your roles are in the organization today?
2: All right. I have been with the department coming up on 38 years, um, and I'm in charge of our office professional standards. Uh, carries the title inspector, but it's the rank of captain. Uh, under uh, internal. Op- Office of Professional Standards, um, which a lot of people equate to internal affairs. We have internal investigations. We've got audits and inspections, and we also have uh, our accreditation. Okay, that's, a lot. That
0: that's a lot in one office. It is, it is. And I think that goes down to Laura. Um, Ms. Brown?
3: Good morning. Good
0: morning. How are you? And you're a civilian part of Operation of... Um, uh, OPS, I should say.
3: That is correct. Okay. I am the accreditation manager for our uh, department, and that is the CALIA accreditation,
2: okay. which stands
3: for the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies. Okay. Also, VLEPSI accredited, and that is the Virginia accreditation, the Virginia Law Enforcement Professional Standards Commission. Okay. So right.
0: we
1: are accredited by both a national standard as well as a state, state standard.
3: That is correct.
1: So the reason we came up with this show today is because we get a lot of questions from our potential applicants about our accreditation. We run into a lot of applicants who are now aware that there are accreditation standards, and we wanted to talk about that as well as other aspects of, uh, of what we do, or what you all do mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm.
0: OPS. And how does it affect the police department and our recruits? Uh, and and uh, we had a program um, when, for instance, when the uh, defunding police departments were coming out, when the riots were going or protesting was going on throughout the um, country, we had a, um, a meeting with some pastors. Uh, had called Chesterfield and wanted to go over uh, what are we doing to combat, you know, the violence in our community, things that were going on with the police department, things that were said about the police department. And, um, and Captain, you, you came and spoke At one of the meetings a couple of meetings that we had and some great questions came up about what are we doing um, in recruiting uh, minorities what are we doing with um, complaints throughout the um, um, uh, throughout the county and you, you brought up some things that it's not looked at as always police getting in trouble but how do we be transparent and giving information back to citizens when they come in and making a complaint. Can you go over some of the not really the complaints that are happening, but go over some of the procedures that we go through when a, a citizen calls on Daryl Skinner for a traffic stop that I didn't say or do, or I was um, um use bad language or whatever. How do you how do you process that?
2: Well, first of all, we take complaints in a number of different ways. Um, on the county's website, on the police department's homepage for, on the website, there's a uh, on the side, there's a little icon for commendation and complaints. So we accommodation even, and concerns.
1: So we no, don't only take complaints, we also take compliments of what
2: all. Okay. or Yeah. Or employees are doing as well. And I mean, honestly, that website uh, location, we probably get five or six um, commendations and thank yous for for every complaint or concern. Good. That's always awesome. I mean, excellent. And, and, you know, sometimes it's a complaint, and a lot of times it's a concern. It's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to reach out to the members of the community and, and have a conversation with them, um, invite them in. Uh, a lot of times if it's a third-party complaint, um, you know, mom calling because – their child came home and said they got stopped and the officer did this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we can invite that, that person in and let them see the interaction on the body cam. And more often than not, uh, they walk away, um, thanking us, (laughs) telling us, you know, your officers actually did what, what we expect of them. And I'm going to go home and have a long talk with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whoever, um, you know, I've, you know, we, whether it's a child, a, a spouse, a brother or sister, there's been plenty of times where when the person that called us actually sees the interaction, um, they're upset with, with the person that told them the story and not with the police officer. Um, but we look at our, our job, it's not, you know, yes, we hold officers accountable. But our job is to make sure that officers are, are the best they can be. Mm. So a lot of time it's a learning mm-hmm. uh, opportunity for the officers uh, to explain to them and show them how they can do things better. I know on, some of our, on one of our
1: previous podcasts, Colonel Katz spoke about their issues of the heart and their issues of the mind, right. and part of your job is to assess mm-hmm. which how they fell into either one of those two, two categories. Right.
2: I mean, in any – Group of people, there are going to be people that that are there for the wrong reason. My job is to to figure out uh, if that's the case here, and if if uh, person's here for the wrong reason, then then we need to protect our agency, and the best way to do that is to uh, find a w- another way f- for them to make a living. Um, if, but like I said, my job for the most part is to. Help people to be better police officers. So if it's something that they just didn't understand, or don't don't have the tools, my job is to, to make sure they understand and get them the tools to, to do the job better. But
0: that, that, right. And let's let's go back on that because again, we you're not here. Your job, or whoever is in that position right. of um, inspector, we're, we're not there. They're not there to punish us for mistakes that we make. It's more, and I look at it, that if I made a mistake, that shouldn't be the end of my career. I mean, depending on what type of mistake I made. Right. But when you talk about the heart or the mind, if I, you know, said, listen, um, I, I didn't do the procedure correctly. I didn't, I should have been taught that. I was taught that. And I made a mistake. Now I should be punished because I, I, know, I know what the right thing to do. Your job is to say just be transparent. Show me what's going on. Tell me what you did, and don't lie about it. Is that is that pretty much? If I come, I haven't been there for one time, so I mean that was because of Laura, um, yeah. and that's a whole different story. Yeah, I mean, but explain that to me,
2: right? I mean, Colonel Katz, you know, if you own your mistake, right? Okay, um, Colonel Katz is very much of the belief that. You own your mistake. You learn from it. You move on. Now, if you come in and you decide you're going to lie about what happened, exactly. and you're going to, you know, that's not going to end you in a good position. Um, the police department has no uh, tolerance, no tolerance uh, for for lying, especially on a, you know, in an official investigation or, you know, in what you did. Now. You know, there are times where you don't remember exactly what happened. You tell tell me that. Sure. Um, but if you're trying to do the right thing, you're going to be fine. Okay. If you're out there uh, looking to help yourself out over the community, we have no tolerance for that.
1: Good. I know we have um, standards here in our department, and some of those standards we benchmark with other departments and what's trending in police, and part of Laura's job, is accreditation. And through that accreditation, I'm sure you have a network of um, co-workers and not co-workers, but people in other agencies who do your job. Can you talk a little bit about um, what you do as the accreditation manager? How do we stay up on what's trending in policing and what makes us accredited?
3: Okay. Well, accreditation, first, is a voluntary process. Okay. So what it does is it's a voluntary process where (coughs) law enforcement agencies commit to adhering to a set of established standards, best practices, if you will. Okay. That's created by a board outside of our agency. And what they do is we reevaluate our policies and procedures on a continuous basis to make sure we're adhering to those practices. So,
0: And that's state and national?
3: On a state and a national level, okay. yes. And so, so-, so
1: how do you get to do these standards? Do okay. you apply or do the people just randomly show up and do spot <laughs> audits? How
3: does this work? Well, yes. Well, first you commit. You say, hey, I want to be a part of CALIA okay. or I want to be part of Vilepsy. Okay. And you go through that initial process to say, we're going to voluntarily start this process. And you go through an initial assessment. So you self evaluate, you go through your policies, your procedures, your training. Because that's part of it, it's about the administrative process, it's Mm -hmm. about the training, it's about personnel, it's about uh, operations, day-to-day operations, how we do business. And what we do is we self-assess, and then the outside entity comes in and evaluates based on the standards that are set forth to see that we are adhering to those practices.
0: Now, how long have we been nationally credited? We became
3: Calia accredited in March of 2017, so it's most recent. But we have been state-accredited since 1997.
1: Wow. But neither accreditation is required.
3: Neither is required. They are both a voluntary process.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, how does that help us as a a police department? What does that that do for the police department itself?
3: Well, it shows that we are promoting um, accountability, integrity, transparency, because there are a lot of standards that require us to keep the public informed, mm-hmm. to have a process in place where the citizens can, you know, engage with us and we engage with the community to say that we are here to provide an excellent amount of uh, service okay. to you.
0: Okay. Now, now, how does the body camera, that, that's one of the things folks are talking about now in the community, how does the body camera play a part in decreditation or does it play a part in it?
3: There are standards that we have to meet on a national level for our body cameras. Okay. Um, some of that is uh, retention. We have to maintain retention of these body cameras. We have to have a review process of our supervision has to review on a regular basis these body cameras. We have to inspect these body cameras. We have to make sure they're in proper working order. We have to make sure that there are policies in place to show that administratively or criminally we have these things in place. Like We have to have them on or not on for certain Situations.
0: Okay. So, okay. Okay. I understand
1: that. I know you said um, the citizen and keeping being transparent with the citizens, but are the citizens involved in our accreditation process or? Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: We do invite the citizens to come in. So, with the accreditation process, it is an ongoing review and we are reviewed on an annual basis, but there is an on site assessment every four years. And that's for both programs Mm -hmm. where a team of assessors comes in not only looking at our files. But also engaging with the community, our stakeholders, our citizens, our employees, to see our day-to-day operations, to see the perception of the citizens on our agency okay. and to talk to them about these things. Wow. So
1: assuming that on-site we must advertise somewhere to make citizens mm-hmm. aware that this is an opportunity for them to do virtual, I guess, now, but well, otherwise on-site they could come and talk to an assessor?
3: Yes. So... During the four-year process, for the, on the national level, not the state level, okay. um, we are required to put out a public notice prior to the assessors coming to our agency mm-hmm. and advising the citizens to come in and have a conversation okay. um, with our assessors. Wow! And so cool. they have that opportunity. <clears throat> that they can great. also write letters, you know, giving their input on how we do business, mm-hmm. you know, good or bad. And the assessors take that into account when determining our reaccreditation. And that just recently happened on a virtual level, like you just said. We just did this virtually um, in November, actually. So wow, we go before the commission in March to determine our mm-hmm. reaccreditation.
0: And, see, and that's the beauty I always say when we're doing interviews or we're talking to some of our citizens, that we are probably one of the most transparent police departments in, in, this, in the metropolitan area because of those accreditation, because of those national standards that we have to invite the citizens invite our community to come in and see what we do so we can have that understanding of what's going on in our community so i, I do like that now as, as if i'm you know i like to get into some of daryl's stuff uh, <laughs> uh, so if, here we go uh, can, can i, I, I yeah, can, can i if, if, say my daughter say my, my daughter yes. is, is, is stopped and and she gets a ticket and she says the officer says whatever can she and i think you mentioned it earlier can she said, "Mom, let's go and see the video from the police from the police department." Can a citizen come
2: and do that? Yes. Okay. I mean, we, um, I mean, we often invite citizens. Again, whether it's a third party or the person, you know, we'll, you know, we get a complaint. We'll call and talk to the person, and we'll invite them to come in and watch the video with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because all those situations are stressful. It's stressful for the police officer, it's stressful for the for the citizen, um, whether they get arrested or not. So we find that a lot of times, um, when the people come and actually see mm-hmm. the interaction, you know, their memory does not necessarily match up with the with the body camera footage. Yeah, um, because like I said, it's stressful. I mean, it's stressful on everybody. Um, you know, and the same thing, you know, there are times when the police officer's memory doesn't exactly match up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're, we are, if, if it's a body cam footage of, of your interaction with the police, you are 100% uh, able to see all of it. Awesome. awesome.
3: I would also like to note that that, that portion, com- commendations and mm-hmm. concerns, has to be made available to the public. Those are accreditation standards. Oh. That we must oh. adhere to. Okay. And that we must um, investigate anonymous complaints. So we do accept anonymous complaints as well.
0: Wow.
1: So our process for your office is something that's governed by our accreditation
3: process. Yes. Okay. Our policies and procedures have to match up with those guidelines.
1: Right. Now, I know both of you worked a number of years. What has your background been since you've been in, the, in our department?
2: You didn't start off as an inspector uh, in internal yeah. affairs. Where else no. have you worked? Um, I've worked all throughout the operational side of, of the department. You know, patrol, investigations. Uh, work. Actually, I worked undercover before I even went to the academy for for a year. Um, you were doing that. it. yeah so, um, telling you. What's, so, that, what's
0: that show, the, um, <laughs> the high school show they had undercover?
1: 21 Jump. 21 yeah. Jump.
0: Yeah. There oh you go. It wasn't goodness. quite that. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so, so I mean, I've worked in our covert investigations, our, you know, criminal investigations, mm-hmm. uh, all throughout the patrol division, um, you know, forensics. And then when I got promoted to captain, I was lucky enough to get assigned to officer position. <laughs> lucky <laughs> enough. To get so over sign. your
1: career, I'm sure you've seen an increase in the number of policies we've had. Yes. And, Um, Probably overwhelming like most people in any organization when you continue to have policies, but you've probably seen a level of professionalism added and accountability added to the organization.
2: Certainly, um, you know, when I got here way, way long ago, (laughs) you know, the policy manual wasn't all that thick. If we, you know, now our policy manual is all electronic um, because it would probably break everybody's back to carry around (laughs) the policy (laughs) manual if if you had everything. Right. Um, you know, a few years ago, we had the whole policy manual rewritten um, by a professional company, um, and we, and as Miss Brown has uh, stated, we we regularly go through all those policies, so they're they're getting updated, you know, and reviewed at least once a year. Um, you know, the real crux kind of policies, operational kind of policies, get reviewed, and not updated several times a year. Um, you know, but w- the good thing is, you know, with Laura and her assistant Marcus Goff, um, we've gotten a little bit more professional in the mm-hmm. in the writing. Um, you know, when when we when we mm-hmm. all got here mm-hmm. in the beginning, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was uh, you know, different people writing policies and and you could and sign you, <laughs> you could yeah and you could but you could see the. Um, writing ability Mm -hmm. of the people that were writing the policies. And, you know, they might know exactly what they're talking about, but they didn't necessarily know how to write um, so that it was clear. But uh, we work hard to make sure that our policies are uh, clear and that they're uh, not open to such a wide um, interpretation. And and each officer is given
0: that policy. Yes.
3: They have to have access to it.
2: And they have to, you know, and, and recently we, we sort of adjusted because over the years you had to sign and say that you'd received the policy update, but but we've changed that to say that you've received it, and you've read, read it. it, and you mm-hmm. understand it, yeah. um, you know, because it doesn't do me any good for you to say yeah, you have it and you, it's in your back seat and you've never looked at it. Right. I need to I need to make sure that you exactly. understand it and you understand what it means. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And, Laura, what's your history been with the department?
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, I've been with the department for 25 years. Oh. 27 with the county in total. So I started in the county as a deputy sheriff, and I came over to the police department a couple years later as a booking technician. Well, you know, my,
0: my mind went everywhere when you
3: said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Booking technician, uh, planning and information services as an automation specialist. And unlike being assigned to OPS, I actually applied to go to oh, okay. the Office of Professional Standards as a compliance analyst before becoming the accreditation manager.
0: Now, how long have you been in that role? In, in
3: uh, just since 2014. Okay.
0: That's not yes. just. That's a good look.
3: Yes, since time 2014. That's good yes. Well, I think
1: one of the positives here is that you both seem to have a big outlook or have had a lot of experience and variety in your career, mm-hmm. which only adds to the benefit of you being in our officer of professional standards.
0: and And we need good people and continue to have good people in our in our office of professional standards. that's that's excellent. I, and me knowing both of you all, I am comfortable in coming in and having a conversation with you all in case something that I have done wrong or any, any officer should be. Because, again, it's an open-door policy for us. Um, So anything you want to add uh, as we close?
2: Um, One thing I'd like to say is that in the state of Virginia, there's only three departments that are both um, state and federally accredited, and we're one of those three. Wow, that's excellent. So that's unusual. And then the other thing is, you know, my job is to – Hold people accountable, make sure our policies are up to date, uh, make sure that people are doing the best job. But we work very hard to make it, um, you know, my feelings of whether I like you, Daryl, or don't like you does not weigh in to whether or not you've violated a policy. Okay. okay. Um, I'm so gonna keep that in mind. So, <laughs> right. But I mean, the truth is, this is not a personal right. decision. I'm not saying, ooh, I like this officer. Or, So I'm going to let them get away with that or, ooh, I don't really get along with this person. Mm -hmm. Um, My job is to take personal feelings out of it and do what's best for the department. And I've been here a long time, and and that's that's that's, my goal.
3: I would also like to add with accreditation, it just shows that there is no rule of the day, that we are consistent in our practices because we have these guidelines and we have these comprehensive policies that, reach those guidelines, or exceed them mm-hmm. in some cases. Mm-hmm. And that, that that builds the community rapport and support. Right, exactly. Which we have a great mm-hmm. support system from our community. Good, good. That's and cool. internally as well. So That's good.
1: All right, brother, you want to sign us out of here? Well, I just want a potential recruit to know that you heard Captain Horwich just say we are one of three departments – in Virginia that are both nationally and state certified. Mm -hmm. Um, You've heard Ms. Brown talk about this is an ongoing process. It's not a one-and-done. It's not like we wait six months before our four-year accreditation to try to pull things together. It's ongoing. If you're interested in applying, go to ChessvillePD.com, fill out the application, and get started today.
0: Excellent. All right, that's it for us today. We appreciate you all listening, and uh, thank you all for coming by and uh, talking to to us about what we got going on in our police department. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Chesterfield
0: County Police Department Podcast. This episode was written by Daryl Skinner, Sound Engineer, Chris Rizzuti. We are the Chesterfield County Police Department representing Chesterfield County, Virginia. Check us out online at chesterfieldtv.com.